0: to my home
1: Welcome to I Said No Gifts. I'm Bridger Weiniger. We're in the backyard. I'm having the time of my life. I'm already having the time of my life. I hope you are too. You're scrubbing out the inside of the microwave. You're uh, tiling the roof. I don't know what you're doing. That's none of my business. You know, you get to peek in at me. I don't get anything from you. And so we're just going to move into the podcast before I get upset.
2: I love today's guest. He's just terrific. Oh, it's Liam Garrow. Oh uh, Bridger Babes. <laughs> Liam. I don't even wait a minute. We have to say the moment that has led us here. Some have said this is history, but more importantly, some have also said this is her It's I mean, first of all her story. It's first of all story first. Yes. Oh my God. It is a delight to be here. It's so nice to see you, I should say, also like in the flesh and having you. I've never be met like, in person. Well, you are no longer a person that just lives on my phone. This is fantastic. I'm now
1: a full realized 3D human being.
2: And I'm going to say something. And I'm sorry. And I'm trying to be this way about people when you're like, oh, when you see someone in person and then you give like a comment about how they read versus how they, you know, in person versus online, you have the most piercing blue eyes. <laughs> and I don't think that reads enough on camera. And I'll just say that. <laughs> and like, like, to be honest, like when I saw you, I was like, sh- I was struck by that. you them. were frightened. I was you... I, bulled, I, almost did a 180 out of here. <laughs> and I said, I don't care that I was in a nightmare Uber ride of my life on my way over. I'll get back in that car we're with Michael. I said calling him. I, sa- I said, Michael, we're doing a loop. We're doing a <laughs> loop. We're doing a 180 pivot, and we're going back to Hollywood Hotel. And I know that we're in the time machine, so room 308. I don't care who knows. <laughs> I don't care who knows.
0: Just yeah, try and kill me. Go to 308. Me.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, you are in town. You're visiting. I am indeed. Hollywood Hotel. What oh. is the situation happening there?
2: It sounds so. uh, It sounds simultaneously fancy and like maybe you would die there. Let me explain. (laughs) So, first of all, when you walk into my room, is there a smell of a wet towel? Of course. Was it there Mm. the moment I arrived? Absolutely. There was just a wet towel. There. Oh, here's the thing that would have made sense. There just was the smell. And so I do have a slight concern of like, am I inhaling black mold? Am I slowly being poison? Am I going to die? And I mean, here's the thing. If it's my time, it's my time. But I've stayed at this hotel before and it's always been... I have to say, a lovely experience. The rooms are always very clean. Previously to this, I've never encountered a smell. Um, and also, I'm going to say this to you. Bang for your buck. Great location. I, I'm not even sponsored by them, I have to tell you. but I, and I feel also, like you're going to get a free night or something for the complaining and promoting. And I'll take it for either. Honestly, I would like, I would like a free night for both the complaint and the promotion. Ooh, I want to. I want to. Say. I want to. I want to. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm in town. Love LA. It's one of those cities, I have to say, where every time I'm here, I'm like, ugh. The thing about LA is that it's like it's almost a city that works. Does that make sense? You were like, it almost, (laughs) almost. It for all of its advancements, you're like, oh, LA has so much, but still disgusting drinking water. You know what I mean? Like water out (laughs) of the tap. Like, well, I'm sorry. I'm just like, you know. And even like, I I was joking about it before we hopped on the mic. But you know, I was in this Uber ride over, and I have to say, from where I'm staying to your place, it should have only been a 25 minute ride but michael behind the wheel let me tell you something he was living in let like god and his version of that is driving under the speed limit and turning a 25 minute ride into a 40 minute one and here we are driving under the speed limit on the freeway Uh huh. oh it's so dangerous i didn't feel good about it and then he had the audacity when someone was like at a- an intersection to turn they were like taking just a bit too long to turn and he goes "Ugh," and i'm like <laughs> michael you have not earned this <laughs> You've not earned this. <laughs> you think you're the good driver, but Michael Diva, you are not, and that's not okay.
1: Oh, I feel like the the key to Uber driving is getting there as quickly as possible. I mean,
2: call me crazy. Well, and I am about to, so get ready. But like, I also my like vision of any be it a cab and or Uber and or Lyft situation is I I think I have the kind of standard where I think every like trip in the backseat of a car is going to be like a scene from an 80s movie where, like, no, 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 the cab driver, Uber driver, they know this city like the back of their hand, and they know all the places to get to, to you know, take you to where you need to be. And then you get in there, and they're like, hey, so I actually um, live... Like an hour outside of town, I seldom drive in LA. So people are driving in from Riverside. They're like, your guess is as good as mine. Mm-hmm. We are just going to listen to ways, and you're like, I love that. And of course, because I'm not from here, I can't be like, um, take Saint cent Vicente. Like I, I have no. You're have a prisoner n- back
1: there. You're just doing whatever they want.
2: And that is kind of how I felt because also his passenger seat was
1: lodged way back close to me. And oh, so you were in the pass? Oh, I guess you. I mean, no, no, you're like, not I'm, sitting so, behind the driver. No, no, that would no, feel no, no. Yeah, wild. I'm sitting.
2: I'm sitting in the back seat. Um. Kitty corner. To right.
1: The you have to do If you're alone in an Uber, you're not going to sit directly behind the driver.
2: No. Un- unless you're giving them a massage or something. Or going to strangle them with a tie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and both can happen, by the way, at the Hollywood Hotel. And that's another thing I want to plug about that, that place. You could be killed at any point. And I think that's kind of like the fun vibe about <laughs> LA in general is when you step outside, you know for sure you smell dog poop and you could die at any moment. <laughs> and that's another thing about LA, too, where it's almost a city that works. When you see excrement on the ground, I'm also going to say something else eight out of ten times you know it's a humans <laughs> look i'm going
1: to defend la for a moment say it i've seen human excrement on the subway in new york
2: well new york is no city to compare it to i mean well if look okay. if we're talking
1: about functioning cities
2: i mean this is true and and also i mean listen i come from vancouver canada which is like it's kind of not fair because it is an it's an unusually clean city. And as someone who's like lived in dirty cities, I spent ten years in Toronto, which, by the way, famously they used to call the Big Smoke. Let that be an indication as to how clean that city used the to be. The Big Smoke, yes, because of the smog. Correct. Wow. Yeah, not a great name. Not a great
1: name. Nobody loves that city.
2: Well, I mean, I had a good time while I was there. Mm-hmm. See, so now I get all defensive about it. But so, I mean, so listen, I've lived in my fair share of city, of dirty cities. And actually the reason I knew I had to move is because I was one time walking down the stairwell into the Ossington subway station. And there was, and listen, I say that I, this is value neutral. I don't say this to indict this man. Obviously someone struggling with mental health problems, but was standing astride um, a a an emptied grocery bag openly defecating okay right and i said well it's time for me to go Mm -hmm, that's a good sign and i left the next morning (laughs) i said i'm packing up my life i said i can't do this um wait so you're currently living in vancouver i am yeah i'm a pandemic move i moved in like august 2020 wow i know where are you
1: from originally in canada
2: So I am like pretty much Ontario based. I was born in my nation's capital, Ottawa, hold for applause, (laughs) Um, and then spent the entirety of my 20s in Toronto, spent my teen years living out east on the East Coast, and now I've been in Vancouver for the last three years. Wow. Do you think you're going to settle in Vancouver? It's. It's. I've had people ask me that, and I have uh, my feeling about Vancouver is that it is the right city for me right now. Oh, that's a nice way of looking at things. Yeah, I just get to a city and I'm like, I guess I'll die here. Yeah, I don't think beyond dying. That's so funny you say that though, because I thought that's what was going to happen to me in Toronto. Oh, I was like, I moved there to die in in Toronto. Well, I was 19, and I was like, oh well, I guess this is just where I'll live now for Mm -hmm. the rest of my life. (laughs) And I like I had no sense of my life going anywhere beyond that. Right. And so I think also being in my twenties in Toronto was the right move, and I think being thirties in Vancouver feels right. Mm-hmm. Also, it's a little more low key of a city.
1: I've never been to Canada.
2: I don't even really? know where to start. What? Let's name the top five
1: Canadian cities. Okay. I want. I'm going to get you in trouble with Canadians.
2: I listen. They there's nothing they can do to me. I'm internationally beloved. Just kidding. Um. I okay. I would say, number one, I mean, it's going to seem biased because I'm there currently, but number one, I'll say Vancouver. Okay. Number two, I'm going to say, and this is a pivot, so ladies, get ready. I'm going to say Montreal. Here's Ooh, the thing. I have a friend from Montreal. And, have, and wait, well, I was going to ask if you've been, but you've never been to Canada. So Montreal is sort of like Canada's Europe. Right, of um, course. And it's very like, it, it's like you kind of step in there and you're like, oh, this feels like a, like a, like a, country unto itself. Like it feels mm-hmm. there's something very um I was gonna say provincial, but I guess that's kind of obvious. But like there's something. like there's something like there is Montreal art. There's Montreal culture. There's Montreal food. food. There is right. Smoking. And, uh, all the things. <laughs> and so I would say Montreal and then I would say Toronto and then I would say Halifax. Here's the thing about Halifax. You go for 48 hours because everything that's worth doing in H- Halifax isn't going to take you any longer. I than can't that. even picture Halifax. What's the
1: scene in Halifax?
2: It's very like, it look. it's very, um. well, it's a seaside town. i obviously, it's like close to the water, but right. there's, it's different than Vancouver. It's much older. So there's something very like arts and crafts about. Oh, this is lovely. Like when you go, you're kind of like, everything just has like, I don't know how to always describe it except for everything is just like painted would it like it's everything's like really bright and kind of like um uh it feels almost like you've stepped into like a like a illustration from a children's novel it's a forced charm that is Let's just exactly put it right. out there that is exactly right where it's like cottage core, but with even less money if that makes sense <laughs> now you're getting in trouble again i don't and i don't care who knows it
1: prince edward island have you ever been there no home of anne of green gables i'm familiar
2: how have you not gone there? Well, you know how have you not gone to Canada? Period. <laughs> I have no, I have no business there. Well, I have to say that's also shocking to me that you would have never have gone. First of all, let's throw in just as a number five city, let's say Summerside, Prince Edward Island. Why not? Okay. But let me. <laughs> but it's also incredible to me that you've never been to Canada, if not only to like perform, to do stand up, to do nothing.
1: Nothing has ever drawn me there. I want to go. I'm not
2: actively avoiding. Can I say something too about you in Canada? You would thrive. <laughs> They, because they would eat you up there, because you have what I can only describe as having old-time gentlemanly manners.
1: Oh, incredible, wonderful, and,
2: I and appreciate it. Like, and Canadians do sort of like we really, we hinge so much of our cultural identity on being polite people. Mm-hmm. And because you are like, sort of, I don't know, like, there's something very like early 1900s about you. I, I don't know what, to, where that vibe is coming from.
1: That can't possibly be true.
2: It's your cadence. You sound like you lo- you sound like you could be related to Jimmy Stewart. That's just true. I don't understand I people I get this pretty frequently and I
1: need some sort of person who studies this type of thing to pinpoint this for me.
2: Where are you from again? Utah. I'm trying to think does Utah is Utah known as having any kind of regional dialect? No, it's very flat. Right. And actually and your accent if anything or you know, yeah, I guess suppose your accent sort of belies that because you have a real kind of like sprightly animated way of speaking. Fascinating. Okay, Can, Canadians are
1: very polite. I feel like I would feel like a slob there. <gasps> Disagree. Really? You think I
2: would just be able to blend in? Can I... I would go as far as to say as people would assume, if they didn't know who you were, would assume you just were from there. Maybe it's time to go. I honestly, I would really... I would look into trying to perform there just so you can get, like, a vibe for a city. Okay, Vancouver seems lovely to me. And also, I'm there, so, like, we could famously hang out.
1: There we go. See, the reasons are piling up. That's right. Absolutely piling up. I wonder what the flight—oh, I I mean, I guess I could simply ask you, what is the flight from L.A. to Vancouver? Well, in
2: terms of a price point, in terms of length. Let's go for both. I mean, I was thinking length, but why not talk numbers? Okay, if you're going to do the northbound flight, you're looking at three hours because you're going against the wind. If you're coming back down south, you're looking at two and a half because you're going with it. That's nothing. It's nothing. It's literally the definition of a hop, skip, and a jump. Yeah. I mean, when you look up the, that in the dictionary, it's just you, a picture of you flying. <laughs> and then, in terms of a price point, I mean, obviously it depends on how far ahead you're booking. I would say round trip. We're looking at like anywhere between five to seven hundred dollars. Okay, that's too much money.
1: Wait, are five to seven hundred Canadian yeah. for a three-hour flight? Five to round dollars Round trip in U.S. dollars, five hundred dollars for a three-hour flight. That's too much money. For it's r- it's. Three to four hundred dollars to get to New York. Oh, but okay, but that's within your own country. I don't care. <sighs> We're talking distance. I don't imaginary whatever the borders, who cares? That shouldn't change prices. Well, famously, it does. And I'm sorry to break it to you, oh, but Oh, is on the case. <gasps> Let's see here. Okay. We're looking at what does that
2: say? Okay, there? so we've got a one oh, there's a $200 round trip. 200 I guess I around to you. Trip? Hey? What, are we, what sorry I no one I, wants to go to vancouver i guess i just fly a little more expensive than you do is all um i guess i, <laughs> I don't, don't charter mind a private for, flight there yeah it's me it's me and taylor swift in her private plane and i'm like <laughs> girl this is a 45 minute trip and this is we have to do it we have to do it i know this is what you normally do on your own just to like empty some fuel into the ocean but we got to go right now if it's 200 dollars to get there i'm gonna be there every weekend I Can I say, I think you would really enjoy it, and I would love to see you there. I feel like the food there is good. Is that true? It is an excellent food city. It's very, like, I mean, it's I would say, actually, especially because you're in L.A., Vancouver would actually be an incredible jumping-off point for you, because I think there are certain tenets of Vancouver culture that really, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, that that draw parallels between L.A.
0: Mm -hmm. So,
2: like, for example... Uh, Vancouver is very much a city that posits itself as being a wellness city. So oh, you have a lot of okay. people who are mm-hmm. like... "I'm familiar? You know, we're all trying to eat well. We're trying to exercise. I mean, am I a person who wakes up every morning at 5 a.m. to go to the gym? Somehow, yes. Every morning? Wouldn't you know it? Monday through Friday, I'm up at five a.m. <gasps> I'm in the gym at five thirty. We're doing an f forty-five. We're back at home at six fifteen. We're taking a shower. We're on our computer to work for seven. I mean, look at this structure I've built for my life. You are trapped in some sort of. I mean, you've got to let go. But also, this is what I'm saying. It's Vancouver is the right city for this phase of my life. Mm-hmm. C- was I looking for the structure in my twenties? Of course. Was it any? Did I have anything approaching that kind of structure? No. But I wanted it so desperately, and the fact that I am now. A person in their thirties with a ritual and a routine—it is so comforting to me. Five days a week, you look very fit. Oh, thank you. You are—you are obviously an exerciser. I work out, but twice a week, and it is horrible. I will say that it. This is going to sound like I'm once made me throw up. Well, we've all been there. Wait a minute, did you actually throw up?
1: Yes, I threw up in the street. I'm just going to... And it was actually very recent. This is a recent development. Really? Yes. I. Th- and now we're revealing it.
2: Do you mind me asking you some follow-up questions about it? <laughs> of
1: course. I love a follow-up on throw-up. Okay. What time of day was it? It was... I, I usually do uh, early evening, 5 o'clock. Did you eat beforehand? No. Fascinating. You know what? And this is going to... I mean, people are just going to say he's out of control. There are okay. times I'll do my... I'll schedule my gym appointment for 7 p.m. And I have to eat dinner before that... I'll go to in mm. this is actually this is this does not reflect well on me but we're just we're in it now yeah I'll go to in and out at five o'clock oh. and eat a full meal yeah and then I'm working out at seven o'clock with a
2: giant hamburger and french fries in me this is gonna sound like I'm placating you but you're, by that point, you've had two hours to digest. So like, it makes sense then. That actually, to me, can I be honest? That doesn't bump, to use some podca- podcast lingo, that doesn't bump for me at all. <laughs> that really doesn't. <laughs> I've got to
1: put that in my lingo. I'm going to start bumping nonstop. Yeah, absolutely. No, I think that's absolutely the right
2: thing to do. You need energy before you work you, okay, out. Okay, so you are exerting this.
1: Your,
2: no fucking question am I supporting I'd that? I'd
1: love to hear this because every time I go, I feel like, oh, this is dangerous behavior. What am I doing? But I have to do it because it's the only way I can do it. Listen, my thing is this. If they recommend that you wait half an hour before jumping into a pool, two hours. Two hours. It's stirring around in your stomach. It's been chewed up. It's digesting. It's masticated.
2: My God. Oh, no, okay. I think that's the right thing to do.
1: And I'm getting a little bit of caffeine, which I think I need.
2: Do you think that's what prompted the throw up?
1: What, the eating or the caffeine? Well, I know you didn't
2: eat beforehand, so do so you think of the caffeine?
1: No, I think it was just the sheer intensity of the workout. Oh. And I had been gone for two weeks. And oh, your had body. essentially mm. been sitting on a plane for ten, ten hours a day before, so it was a, it was not a good. I think it was just like a shock to your system. Do you it think? was a bad idea on my part, right. and I've injured myself, and that's another thing that's happening. I mm. hurt my back. I mean, are you dealing with a hurt back right now? It's it's getting better. I mean, this is just becoming the pity hour. But yes, uh, some back pain.
2: I want to say this to the listeners at home who also can't appreciate. Bridger's physical stature, the fact that you only exercise two days a week to me is alarming because you oh, keep it right and you keep it tight. <laughs> like, guns for days. I mean, like, I am i didn't realize this was, like, an open and carry state. I'll say that. <laughs> but, like, um, like, you are in incredible shape, Bridger. its I'm
1: telling you, they made me throw up.
2: Oh, got it. So,
1: only once, though. And I hope it's not the beginning of some sort of pattern where I'm constantly throwing up in the street. I don't want to become that person.
2: It's constant... You know, I mean, it isn't unfortunately a way to keep the weight off. I hate to break it to you, but it just is.: <laughs> The half a
1: granola bar I ate at three <laughs> o'clock.:
2: Yeah, get out. Ah, uh, how did we get to me throwing up in the gutter?
1: Exercise, exercise, fitness. Vancouver, Vancouver. You're
2: exercising five days a week. Vancouver's a wellness town. Well, and and also, oh, and you were like, and I bet you, Vancouver's a great food town. Yes, and it is. I will say the way that it really suffers, unfortunately, because it is a bit of a wellness town. Although, so is L.A. And the L.A. Y'all have figured this out. Vancouver, unfortunately, is not a great dessert city. I'm. Oh, it just isn't. Oh, I hate to hear that. Now, Annalise, you're you're nodding. Have you been to Vancouver?
1: Do you agree with this? You You had bad desserts or no desserts, no desserts. Oh, Annalise has had no desserts. Well,
2: yeah. To me, it's just like, and uh, and it's fun. And again, LA, you have really figured out. Oh, I can tell you desserts galore. And specifically, you guys have figured out donut culture here. Oh, I can tell you. Well,
1: I have some. uh, I have a lot of opinions on the donut culture. Well,
2: same as, and I have strong opinions about the donut culture in Vancouver. And regrettably, they are lost they need some direction let me ask you this when you get a filled like a like um like a jelly donut like a filled jelly or donut, like a, a boston cream Obvious. let's not leave that off ah, the table but no specifically i want to ask about the jelly one okay. because when you get a jelly donut what do you prefer do you want it to hang on do you want it to be coated with a raw granulated sugar or a powdered sugar oh interesting on at least mouth mouth your answer and i'm not gonna look yeah Annalise's, okay, interesting. Are you out of your mind? What is your answer? Can I look
1: up my favorite one? I'm trying to remember if it has that yes. type of sugar. I, I go
2: to a place called Kettle Glaze Donuts. Okay. And it's so delicious. Uh, and also, listeners, don't if you don't, don't worry, I will tell you what Annalise revealed to me. Like, I'm just sitting on it. But just so you know, I am... I'm almost about to get in the backseat of that Uber with Michael again. I swear to God, I'm about to bulldoze out of <laughs> I here. I wonder what's going to happen when I answer. I well, This could I, destroy I, the entire podcast. I, this is already becoming a bit of
1: an unsafe space, if I'm being honest. Okay, I'm looking at their donuts. I'm flying through Yelp. I'm looking for my preferred jelly donut. What are they serving here? And I think that this may be a twist. It may not even be the right answer in either direction. Oh, because are you thinking glazed? I like it glazed. Okay, so, okay, I but, the mm. okay, I, they make an excellent glazed donut, and they make their own jam. I can't recommend ah! this place enough, and the price point is perfect. Ah! Oh, I love kettle glazed. Um,
2: so, if you had a jelly-filled donut, would you prefer that the exterior of the powdered. donut— Powdered. Thank you, and honestly, granulated, granulated <laughs> like a lunatic psychopath.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't even—where have you had that? just around.
2: I feel like I've had it at like a Dunkin'. Like, I don't oh, think it's that uncommon. Well, I've never had it with a powder. Well, I just, oh, I picture a powder. That, I, that's the, it's it, the quintessential, I'm sorry to say, obviously a cab, but it's the quintessential <laughs> cop donut. It is a certain, yeah, Like the powder jelly donut. Yeah. And um, are you so a cab that, that you won't eat that jelly donut? That's, that's actually you know, huge. All, all that's right, huge. Let's, say, let's say yes, sure. <laughs> yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, it's because my thing about granulated sugar is like, on, like, it's, I know that powdered sugar is just like blended granulated sugar. I know this. Yeah, but I mean, it creates a textural difference. And also, my mental illness is I think if it's powdered, then it's less sugar. Oh,
1: interesting. You feel like somehow the spreading of it is like at an atom level making less sugar on the donut.
2: And I will say this. When I eat a powdered sugar that is, uh, or rather when I eat a filled jelly donut that is powdered versus Granulated. When I eat the powdered one, I don't feel sick afterwards. Whereas when I eat the granulated one, I do you feel Annalise. sick. Because to me, I think it is, I bet you it is more sugar. I bet you anything. Interesting. I would almost say it's less because those granules okay. are big. Well, I have to go. They're taking so, up space on that donut. I'm gonna call Michael. I'm getting the backseat of this Uber. This is <laughs> a
1: nightmare. But Vancouver is doing all of their donuts in a granulated sugar.
2: A lot of them, like the jelly-filled ones, regrettably, mm. yes. Um, but, uh, and a lot of people drag me for this in Vancouver and this is a very Vancouver specific reference. So I apologize to the listeners, but like the place I go to for my donuts is this chain spot in Vancouver called Brecca. Okay. Which is like, not like there are more mom and pop, more like niche artisan places to get a donut. But let me tell you something. They figured it out and I don't think they should ever, ever, ever be discounted. I think they are the, they are the place to go for a donut. Well, it sounds like a mini chain to me
1: it is a mini chain i feel like mini chains
2: can be trusted in some situations not if but when you come to vancouver <laughs> two things we're g- we're getting dinner and then we are going to get a donut from Brekka.
1: Oh, I thought you were going to say that we're going to follow it up with breakfast.
2: Yeah, and listen, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to have dinner, we're going to have a crazy night, and then 6 a.m. will roll around, and we're going to find <laughs> ourselves a 24-hour diner and just do it all over again. <laughs> okay, I, uh,
1: I trust you. I feel like you know donuts. You have strong opinions. Breka, Brekka, B-R-E-K-K-A? D- cut out that second K. Oh. We're working with the single K girls. Brecca, whoo.
2: Mm-hmm. That's a, uh, oh, yeah, I'm trying to figure out why it's called Brekka. And you know, so funny, in spite of how many, truly at this point, thousands of dollars I've given them in my business, I've never thought to inquire because you know what? The product's so solid. I don't second guess. Are you getting a coffee there? Nope. Oh, I will. Oh, you don't. Oh, OK. First of all, just so I can really explain my mental illness to you. I am a person who will have donuts delivered to my home. Oh, boy. This is
1: that's crossing line for me. Okay. I have to go. I first of all, I need to see the donut before I put down money for it.
2: But let me say this. Isn't it? Isn't it a testament to the product that I know I can deliver Brecca and it's always going to be good? Wow. And I don't need to see it beforehand. And sure enough, when it shows up at my front door, it's exactly what I think it's going to be. And how many are you ordering to be delivered? That's kind of actually none of your business. <laughs> um, no, you want to know something? I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to be honest and vulnerable. I will order three donuts to my apartment. That
1: seems like, a, if, if it was one donut, that would be like a Taylor Swift private jet level of waste. Right. Uh, but three donuts, because you, you're not going to order a dozen for yourself. You're
2: gonna be throwing yeah, them be away. Crazy. And I definitely have never <laughs> done that. Um, guys, the pandemic was dark. Um, but no, I feel like three is good because then you get like, listen, you're gonna get like a different donut. Mm-hmm. You're getting a variety. Obviously, because it's me, every donut that I'm getting is gonna be a filled donut, but it's like a different kind of filled. Any type of chocolate happening? <gasps> get ready. Oh, no. Okay, so they have your quintessential gorgeous Boston cream, which obviously okay, is on okay, the menu. Okay. Obviously. They also do an app, it's like eating a cloud. They have a powdered sugar Nutella-filled donut. Oh. Delicious. Now, I'm kind of on record as saying Nutella's too sweet. Which is surprising to me because it's famously more nutty, I think, than it is sweet. I don't know what's
1: going on there, but the way my mouth reacts to Nutella is I think, I'm like, this is frosting.
2: Is this like you like, it's like you're on a lease with the granulated sugar. It's like, for whatever reason, it's just like... It's something you either are or aren't on board with. It might be. I, th- I think it's genetic. <laughs> You're I like, my mother is- hated Nutella. <laughs> my grandmother hated Nutella. Um, what's your thoughts on a caramel situation? Because caramel is a very divisive well, I mean, profile. And it's
1: also a wildly inconsistent product. Correct. I mean, you, a good, and I'm going to say caramel. I, I have to be true to myself. Well, it, it, Actually, I'm not being true to myself because I say both. Which is not right. It's not fair to anybody. Well, because you just want to make friends, and you don't want to, you don't want to anger anybody. And it depends on the situation. Sometimes, if I'm like at a nice bakery, I'm like, I can't say caramel here. They're gonna think I'm trash. Caramel.
2: Do you find though that if, have you traveled to the South in the states? Um, I've been to Tennessee. And do you find that Tennessee. when you're in a place like Tennessee, you can just say caramel and feel safe? Oh yeah, Utah, yeah, I'm sure.
1: safe. Uh, basically the Mountain West, California, you're. Well, California's tricky mm. because everyone here is a transplant. Right. And so everyone brings their own little problem with the caramel. Uh but as far as as far as the food itself,
2: I'm you generally on board cuz they do a filled donut at Brecca. It's a dulce de leche. Oh. And it I and I have to say I am not a caramel fan. Mm-hmm. And I do really enjoy that donut. Okay, then that must be good. That's I, a good Let's see. It's a solid product. And when you think about, okay, first of all, if Brecca's business does not boom after this, <laughs> and they deserve it. They They're going to go straight out of business. I, I, Permanently no. closed. I mean, listen, only because they run out of stock. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Between this and Hollywood Hotel, think of what I'm helping to do for small businesses everywhere. I would love for this podcast to drive a small business out of business. <gasps> if there's a small business that you could pick to go out of business, which one would it be? <laughs> let's all say it let's all say our, our small independent mom and pop store that we want to run out of town
1: I mean I could name several dentists and optometrists uh, oh. we're not gonna do it I've no. complained about all these people enough but I did have an optometrist who took my contact directly out of my eye <gasps> <laughs> and I think that maybe there should there's a health code being violated or something there they should be put out of business
2: that to me is like when this is uh, this is gonna be a weird this is just where my where my brain went but just follow this logic for a second mm-hmm. It's kind of like if you are a parent, you become so desensitized to germs and like bodily fluids because you're just constantly dealing with it all the time that you then think you can just engage with the rest of the world. Oh, and do you interesting! Know what I mean? It's yes. like like for that optometrist, they're like, "Well, I deal with people's eyes, so bl- I'll uh, just get that." And you're like, "No, no, no!" Like in the same way that it, like like oh, as you like you as this adult parent, like you don't need to like bring a hand key to my nose. Like I got it <laughs> exactly. Like I got. That's it.
1: exactly what was going on. Oh, You don't pluck something out of my eye. No.
2: Not without your permission. Not and without with- my permission. <laughs> and that's... And the mood has to be right. If there's not at least ten lit candles, <laughs> then this isn't going to work. Liam. Yes.
1: We've got something else we have to talk about. Oh. We absolutely have something else to talk about. Look. Okay. I was excited to have you here today. I thought, uh, you know, bare minimum, we'll have a fine time. Yes. It could be, it could go all over the place, or, you know, there could be an explosion. You never know. But mm-hmm. I thought, we're going to have a good time. Right. Liam's so sweet. He's so funny. We're going to have a nice time. So, you know, the podcast is called I Said No Gifts. And so emails have been sent, exchanges have been made. I mean, I feel like this title has been run by you. Mm. So I was a little. Surprise! First of all, you were late, and so I was already—wow—you
2: know, running hot. Wow. Uh, we explicitly said though that, that was Michael's
1: fault. Annalise was kind of scratching your name out of future guests.
2: Oh, interesting, um, Annalise. Interesting and- how two faced you are, Annalise. <laughs>
1: uh, and then here comes Strike Two. Okay. Liam skipping into the backyard, mm-hmm. uh, holding what—at least from my where I'm standing—is
0: mm-hmm.
2: a gift. Can I say where the confusion was? I would love some clarity. Famously, I'm not great at reading emails. Okay. I was so sure you're going to die when I tell you this. (laughs) I thought the podcast was called Please Now, More Gifts Now, Please, Uh, with Richard Weiniger. It's the same set of letters, essentially. And so here I was thinking, if anything, kind of weird that he would demand that a guest bring him a gift. (laughs) That that's where my brain went. I'll say right. that, and I don't blame you. And so, I mean, I. But listen, I, in keeping with my polite can- Canadian nature, who was I to question you? And here you are, hosting me in your gorgeous, you know, home, your backyard, it's doing a, everything I can. You got me water with ice. Everybody, mm-hmm. hello. So I thought, listen, of course I'll I'll extend the gesture. I will I will you know follow along with the protocol of this podcast. I will get you a gift because obviously the title demands it. And I really, I really, you know. I messed up. Okay. I messed up. You're and, owning it. And I, I think it's, that's the bravest and most honest thing I could do. And it's also very professional. You may not be a professional in email. No.
1: You may be falling way behind in that sector. Yeah. But here you are. You're bringing a real class with the apology, the owning. And then there's this gift, and it's like, mm. I don't know. Should we open it here on the podcast? I mean, if you don't mind...
2: You know what I think we should do, though? Oh, go ahead. You're, I mean, you're making all these calls now. I think you should close your eyes when I give it to you, and then I'm going to give it to you, and then you're going to open your eyes. Okay. In the... Okay. <laughs> but you're going to hand it to me in the bag it came in. Yes. Okay. No question. And should we say what bag it's in right now? Famously, it is very much in a Macy's bag. <laughs> and did I buy your gift at Macy's? No. Why? Let me explain. I also am not great at reading wedding invitations. So here's what happened. I had... So I came into town, as I mentioned, I think, uh, earlier for a wedding. And, and if I didn't, now we all know. And there was a dress code that I definitely did miss, and they specifically were like, we don't want any cream-colored clothes. Bad oh, news. That is exactly what I brought for the wedding. That's asking a lot. So I, Jake and Becky, they're allowed to do whatever they want. It's their big day. Mm, Jake and Becky, I'm not on your side. Hello. Well, and listen, you said it, not me. But the point is, I am meeting them for dinner after this. Anyway, so I bulldozed over to Macy's, bought myself a blue suit, as one does. Wow. And ahead of the Macy's purchase... Because I thought you were demanding a gift. <laughs> I went over to a little special place. So, Bridger, now is the time. Close your okay, eyes. I'm closing my eyes. Get I'm... ready to receive. Should I put my hand out here? Yeah, I think that's perfect. Get ready to receive the Macy's bag. Okay. Okay, he's holding it. He's holding it. Shall I open my eyes? Okay, I'm going to hold your face. Okay, your, your face. Mic. I yeah. love what's happening. Yeah.
1: Okay, and I'm reaching in. For I'm ASMR, crinkling. he's really getting yeah, into let's... the bag.
2: He's getting into the bag. Shaky,
1: shaky. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay. feeling. Okay, okay. I mean, should I guess? <gasps> oh, that's fun. What do you think it is? I mean, from what i 'm feeling mm. it 's a square wrapped in plastic that 's about uh, I would say fourteen inches by fourteen inches. oh my God first of all if that is if that's the accurate math, that is incredible. I mean, we should check later i 'm very good at estimates i 'm going to say oh there's there are two things I want to guess, but i 'm going to lean into this is a record. <gasps> opening flip it over it actually oh my god this is in oh i mean i'm just falling apart looking at this are you i love this album
2: should we reveal what it is it's fleetwood Mac's tusk now let me ask you a question do you own a record player i don't well and
1: then this gift is a bust but listen (laughs) no but look i to just own this this is my favorite fleetwood mac album mine too It's, I mean, it is the best
2: one. It is. They're all, I mean, they have, of course, so many good albums. And listen, Rumors deserves its flowers for all of the obvious reasons. Of course. But here's the thing if you're a real one, this this. is the best one. And I want to say something else. When I was rummaging through bins trying to find one, they had multiple copies, and I did exert the due diligence in picking out the one that was the less water damaged one. So (laughs) I want, I really. This is a, a used album. I believe it is. That's amazing. This may be.
1: For all we know
2: this is like a, a an original. For all we know there are trace amounts of cocaine on the liner album <laughs> liner notes of that album. I'm so thrilled about this. Uh where did you get it? It was from a uh a little like secondhand store. God, I wish I could remember the name of it. It's like uh in downtown LA um when you walk in there's an enormous mannequin with a like peacock Feathered dress. Okay. And you walk in, and it feels like all of a sudden you're stepping foot into a warehouse. Oh. Like the owner of the store is uh, this is absolutely true, was just like openly rolling joints at the (laughs) counter. 100% true. (laughs) And he just, like, sat himself inside uh, in front of, like, an industrial-sized fan. Okay. It's hot in there. I get it. Sure, sure. Not a lot of air circulation. Somewhere in the warehouse. Absolutely. And so I went there, and because, you know what, I because it was going to be either this one or I was going to get you a Linda Ronstadt record. Oh, interesting. Now, I, I wouldn't have been as excited. <gasps> and then I'm so glad I got you this one. I would have thought, oh,
1: you know, I don't, uh, I'm not as familiar with Linda. This will be nice. Well. This and, feels
2: like a memento. And I'm not a religious person, but this is really, you know you know what this is? Mama, that's God. We finally found proof. This is... The fact that I could have and did, by the way, search out Linda Ronstadt records and then I happened upon this one. Literally, I was like, I went to this record store thinking it was... I was so certain I was going to get you like Living in the USA or Mad Love. Mm -hmm. And then sure enough, this quite literally essentially jumped out at me. And I was like... (laughs) Kind of levitated. Yeah, just with Stevie Nicks' witchy powers. (laughs) And I thought, wouldn't it just be an absolute scream if I got him Fleetwood Mac's Tusk? And now here we are. It's, I mean thank God I don't own a record player because
1: then I would already own this and it would be a double. And then suddenly I'm dealing with doubles. And really, when you think about it, it would be a
2: quadruple. Because why? That's a double album. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Too many. Too much vinyl happening. That's right. If famously, I believe at the time, now this is 1979 numbers, mm-hmm. but I believe at the time, it was the most expensive record ever made. It cost a million dollars, which in wow. 1979 you was can, about $250 million. Right. And it, you can take that to the bank. That's exactly right. And listen, as we've established, you're great with estimates and numbers. <laughs> yes, so I'm sure that's exactly right. And so this is a very, you know, there's a lot of like lore and there's a, there's, this is a very, you know, storied record. And so, I mean, I, I love it. And I just thought, you know what? I want you to have it.
1: Can you tell us a little bit more about this album? I feel like the only thing I really know is that there was like an attempt to uh kind of there was some punk influence on it.
2: There was a bit, yes, but it's so it's not overt. I think what really happened with this record is, you know, Lindsay Buckingham famously is like sort of the mastermind behind all of All of their records. He's like Mm -hmm. the head honcho producer. And after the enormous success of Rumors, I think he really wanted to strike out and do something really musically different, which is why, you know, this record as it compares to um, Rumors, I would say is much more rougher around the edges mm-hmm. sonically i think you know um even in terms of its subject matter it's a little darker oh yeah um you know it's kind of like rumors but without its polish and its sheen which is right, why right. i like it there's something a little more pared down about it uh and so this was a record i believe that took them a year to finish making and was it content i of course i mean of it was of course it was was not ever not contentious with this imagine sort of there's cable. like actually they got along so good. Um, it was all
1: about teamwork.
2: Yeah, and, they, and then Christine McVie herself, R.I.P., coined the term that day in the studio in 1978. She said, guys, this is going to sound crazy, but I just came up with this. Famously, I think teamwork makes the dream work. And they were like... <laughs> and they all loved it. Stevie Nicks lifted herself up out of her like pound of cocaine. She said, did you just make that up? And she's like, I did. Teamwork makes the dream work does sound like someone on cocaine. Oh, That's, that- <laughs> and this record, by the way... Absolutely, sounds like a bunch of people on cocaine made it. There, oh, it's there's like, wonderful. There's a kind of um, there's a there's like a frenzied nature to it. There's a kind of there's it's ragged. Yeah, ragged. Yes, there's a raggedness yes. to it. I would say that is exactly the right word. Everybody. I mean, if someone hasn't heard this album, they've got to listen to it. One hundred percent. Do you now? If, given that you are already familiar with it, are there songs on the record that already kind of like speak to you? That are some of your favorites? I love the ledge. <gasps> I think good the ledge one. is so
1: good. I mean. I, it's hard for me to say. I mean, Tusk is an incredible song. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't feel like I have a number one favorite. I. Whenever I put this album on, I just let it run through. One hundred percent. I mean, that's kind of my mo for most music. Well, because big- I think
2: you and I are like just old enough. That's like that's mm-hmm. how we grew up listening to music. Like this idea of going to. Tracks and it's like, just, I don't mean to make it sound like we're 80 years old, but I mean, like, I'm, I'm 98. Well, and I'm 100, and we look incredible. We've established we're very physically fit because of our routine and our and we exercise. Love our grandchildren. And we, and God love them, one of them just turned 50. Um, but like, I think, uh, I think what I've am so, yes, struck by with this record is like, it does also emerge from an era where that is how people intended for people to listen to that music, right? right? Like, this idea of singles mindset wasn't really as prevalent this idea that like no 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 you start an album at side one right you listen to it all the way through and then you flip it and then you listen to that all the way through and then you're done it's like a movie or a book yes yes it is telling i'm sorry to say it tells a story
1: it tells. i know that might
2: sound trite <laughs> but it's telling a story what's happening with fleetwood mac at this point you know what's so funny literally i'm not kidding this morning Stevie Nicks was giving an interview with Vulture because, of course, Christy McVie sadly uh, she's did a, uh, top twenty five comedians to watch this year. She did it, and because, and you know what people love about Stevie Nicks' comedy, it's so vibey. It's really <laughs> there aren't any hard jokes, but she really <laughs> sets the sets the scene. Um, but she just did an interview with Vulture, and you know Christy McVie, who did pass away recently, very sadly. Um, she just gave an interview saying, like, I don't really think it's worth continuing the band without her. I mean, sure, of course, and one hundred percent, and all the. But it, which is interesting though, because they did actually for many many years. Because Christine McVie left the band in nineteen ninety eight after that hugely successful reunion tour called the Dance. Remember, okay. right? And she left the group. Oh my god, for like fifteen years or something. Like she reunited, or however that math checks out. Because she reunited with them in two thousand thirteen. Okay. Um, And then they did, obviously, very successful tours with the original lineup, you know, um, all five of them. And then Lindsey Buckingham was sort of unceremoniously exiled from the band in recent years. Oh, that's right. I forgot that he was kicked out. (laughs) Yes, because I think he and – apparently what – I think, was it like they were all getting some – it wasn't the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It was other some like big career achievement award thing anyway. And I guess the real straw that broke the camel's back was when Stevie was giving her speech – behind her Lindsay Buckingham pulled Christine McVie to like kind of do this little waltz and this little dance to kind of indicate that like he thought she was taking too long uh- <laughs> and she was like oh I do not like that of course and so that apparently instigated a major fight and um and then he was out skis. the quitting the firing like
1: it, it's they, it feels like they run it like an arby's it's like it doesn't matter who's here just you oh, can in and
2: out it's just... it's a soap opera it's no it is a soap opera and also by the way this has happened both times that Lindsay Buckingham has left the band because it happened just recently within the last handful of years, and it did happen the first time in 1987. Okay. He left the band, and both times that he left, they replaced him with two guitarists, which is a testament to his ability that when one person goes down, they have to replace him with two people. a little sign, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, listen, do I think he is probably a problematic person? Yes. Is he also very gifted and skilled at what he does? Absolutely, as is evidenced by the Tusk record and many others.
1: Of course. You know what's your feeling when a uh, like a favorite band breaks up for you?
2: I do you know so funny? I already emerged into my musical taste with so many of my favorite acts, kind of having like either pulled the brakes a little bit on their mm, career, or right. like even with Fleetwood Mac, it's like, Bing, we're together now, we're broken up. We're together, we're broken up. But I will say the first band slash group that I came up with that when they disbanded, where it actually I like it felt like someone punched me in the stomach. And I I realize this is gonna be a very on the nose example, but when the Spice Girls broke up, <laughs> when well, not when they broke up, but when Jerry left in 1998, Jerry left, yes, let's let's put it out there, Jerry left. But also when the Spice Girls broke up, I mean, like you know, let's be <laughs> honest, like Jerry was the Spice Girls, um, and like when she left, I remember being a small child and I was devastated, of like of actually. Course devastated and I could not understand and I also you know through your child's mind there are so many things that you're kind of like not fully understanding or you don't have the full picture of <laughs> so I, there was this picture of her that was printed um, in my local newspaper the Ottawa Citizen and she was like kind of just dressed up in business casual wear because she was really wanting to sort of um, I guess um, springboard sort of more charity work for herself, right, and she's was she was gunning
1: was... for the UN or whatever.
2: Exactly, and that's where this picture was from. She was at the UN, and she was like dressed in this business casual outfit. But I, as a child, I didn't understand this, and I, all I could think was, "Oh my God, I cannot believe Ginger just let the Spice Girls go co- 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 work in an office!" Like I was like, <laughs> "I can't believe she's working a nine to five and s- <laughs> said goodbye to international fame and stardom just so she could work in a cubicle." Like I really, that is what I thought, and I was so confused by it. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, I re- kind of rem- remember having that same feeling. And for me, when a band breaks up, there's just this intense worry. It's not even a, a concern about there not being more new music. It's like, they're not friends anymore. Yeah, yeah. My, ki- my friends aren't friends anymore, and I'm worried about what happened.
2: Yes, and also when you're a child, like there's something so like, I don't know, when you're a little kid, you think the things that you like are going to be that way forever. And of course. it's going to keep going and going and going. And then when... When it's not, I mean, it's devastating. It's a taste of mortality. Same, not, well, ain't that the damn truth. <laughs> I mean, and not to the same degree, but I did have a similar-ish feeling when S Club 7 broke up. I was like, <laughs> also let this be a sign of the times because I think two of the members had been like, oh, this is so, like, nothing now, but, like, they were caught smoking pot. They were, like, these young 20-somethings and they were caught smoking pot. And But me, like, nine years old, I was like, I don't know why they're trying to ruin what they've built. I was like, oh, they're all gonna get, caught, like, hooked on drugs. They're going to die from pot. Like, I was so, I was really legitimately devastated. The irony being that I would love grow to love a band like Fleetwood Mac, who literally was funneled by drugs for the better part of and 15 years. Break up upon break up upon break up. Yes.
1: Just yes. torturous relationship.
2: Do you own a lot of records? Well, I wouldn't say a lot, but also famously, I don't own a record player. I just, like, because I'm also that person I'm like, no, 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 I, this, I'm such an idiot. I'm like, no. I'm gonna buy one. I'm always like, I'm gonna buy one, and I'm gonna set the money aside, and I'm gonna do it. And when you know what, here I am, 32 years young, still have not made that purchase. It's uh, I can't open that door. That's the reason.
1: Like, I think the moment I own a record player, my home will be destroyed. I just because too many records. I will. I mean, it'll just records, records everywhere. And I, I did that with books a long time ago. And then I moved to New York, and I realized like. I can't keep buying these. Well, and now I'm kind of turning the corner because of, you know, the internet is not letting us own anything and we should probably own as many physical things as we can before Great they question. kind of claw them away from us. <laughs> yeah,
2: before the grid goes down. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh but
1: I'm uh that's the reason I don't own a record player.
2: Well, I also, and this is a real testament to my laziness, but I'm sorry to say I do love just listening to an album through without having to get up. Oh, sure. There is something really nice about Bluetoothing a speaker to your phone, opening up title, and then away we go.
1: It is amazing what the human mind is able to become lazy about almost immediately. Like not wanting to get up to put a CD in or a DVD or to change the channel. Those things seem, the TV seems like miles away at this point.
2: Yes. And that's how I feel about a record player where I'm like, and also, each quote unquote side of a record is like, what, 20 minutes? I'm getting up. Is every it really tw- twenty minutes? It's got to be a half hour. Most records go like forty-five minutes at the longest. Wow! So then, and math tells me if you split that in two, that's approximately twenty-some odd minutes per <laughs> side. So I'm like, every twenty minutes, I'm getting up. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, you're out of breath. You're sweating. Listen, F 25 has done a lot for me, but it has not at all incentivized <laughs> me to want to get up to change the record. You don't have the strength. No, I don't have it. And also, if we're being honest, am I listening to music while? maybe, like, pretty deep into an edible. Yeah. Yeah, you're stuck to the floor. Absolutely. I'm horizontal. Well, I always say, like, there is a... Edible or not, there does come a point in the day, and it's pretty early, by the way, where I do just need to be horizontal. (laughs) Like, if I'm being entirely honest, like, beyond... 5 p.m. It's kind of like no no go for me. Like I'm indoors and I like I'm really living like my FDR fantasy. There's a blanket over my lap. I'm sitting down. Like you know what I mean. Like I just really I want to be. You're in kind of one of those basket wheelchairs. Yes, woven
1: wheelchair. I have
2: a lovely woman pushing me around. Uh You know. Um, it's funny. Even before I started like enjoying the occasional edible, I think I already had stoner mindset because my my mo constantly is just like I want to be like the most comfortable I could possibly be like that is well, the, you're in your home yes but I think like but to a degree where I will like I won't get up to change the record like that's what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I think there are people who understand like oh time and place like I'm gonna get up now and I need to ha- there's business to tend to but like when I decide that I'm done I'm done Wow, I'm done remember I'm ordering donuts to my apartment like yeah this we, is it's such an opposite lifestyle for me I, are you? Are I'm you re- getting up? I'm moving things around. I'm never quite at ease. Are you? Would you describe yourself as being a jittery person?
1: I'm not jittery unless I, you know. Of course, caffeine levels go through the roof, and then my and hands then are shaking. On the the I'm th- throwing, throwing yeah. up in the gutter. <laughs> a lot of problems are happening for me. I'm. I. I am an anxious person, right?
2: So maybe that's kind of driving it. I don't know. Yeah, you have. Well, because here's the thing: as a, I mean, I still have my anxiety, but I definitely am far less anxious than i used to be so as a person who also used to be very tightly wound i relate to this feeling can i ask
1: you you've said f45 several times and i follow you on instagram so i see it on occasion Mm. but i don't understand what f45 is Mm. is it's f45
2: yes is it like a boot camp situation no so f the f for 45 stands for functional okay So basically it's like functional fitness and then 45 because the classes are only 45 minutes long. oh
1: it's all right there in the title it's all
2: it's in the name (laughs) and it's just like it's a hit workouts and you just kind of do this little circuit for 45 minutes you push your body to its limit and then you go home wow and so it all it oscillates between you'll do some days that are cardio okay you do some days that are strength and then diva wouldn't you know it every so often you do a day that's both. And so uh, it's a real combo situation. So I, and I, by the way, always, I was so sure I would never be a person that would enjoy any form of physical fitness. And I'm sorry to say, and I know I'm like, this is really me going against my my former self. I love it. Love it. I, are they playing music? Hell yes. What kind of music? This is a big problem for well, me. Well, no, can I tell you why I also love the the location that I go to? is because like all the trainers there are straight, but they play gay music.
1: Oh, okay. I, the, Well, my current trainers play decent music, but I had to leave a trainer because he was playing corn,
0: (gasps) and also trying to talk
1: to me about Joe Rogan
2: at every every turn. I'm already mad working out. I don't need more reasons to be angry. No, let me tell you, there is. And I'm actually going to give him a shout out right now. His name is Olivier. He's a trainer at my gym. Again, straight as an arrow. But you had best believe at 5.30 in the morning, he will blast Kylie Minogue's Padam param Great. And then when we're finished the class for the cool down, he dims all the lights and one note he puts on, Shania Twain's, you're still the one. <laughs> are you kidding me? A dream. And I said, I say to him every day, I go, Olivier, I want you to know something. You are the embodiment of Ally. He's going to come out to you. I hope so. He's just waiting for the right time. He. You know what? Can I say... That would so not be off base for me. The amount of straight men that I felt comfortable over the course of my life letting me know about any sexual proclivities they have <laughs> is staggering. This is absolutely true. I went to my—I mentioned that I went to a friend's birthday party a few days ago. Within five minutes of this person showing up, he was like letting it be known that he really wanted to make out with me. Oh wow! And then, when he, and then later he was like, "Oh well, I can't." And I was like, "Oh why?" And he's like, "I have a girlfriend." And I was like, <laughs> "I." The, uh, what? How? How and why? How I don't and know why? what time of day
1: this. Uh, for whatever reason, I'm picturing afternoon.
2: No, it okay. was like it's an evening. Yeah, yeah. I would, but like also not hideously late. I would okay. say like nine or ten. And he was just getting into it five minutes in. To say that there was a spark is an understatement. Wow. Yes. Yes. Wow. And I was like, oh my god, we're gonna make out. And then he was like, well, actually, we can't because because here's how, here's how we he, he gave me all the information. He goes. Um, oh, we can't, because actually, I know I didn't realize this was going to happen, but I actually am meeting someone later. And I was like, oh my God, no problem. And I'm like, obviously I'm smart. So I was like, I'm going to be here for longer. And then he's like, I don't know. Like, we're not. And I was like, <laughs> what? girl, like, I can't do this dance with you. This is, I, can't, I can't hold your hand through your life. To go from being that direct to this wishy-washy. Can I say, you know what I think it also was? He's a male improviser. And okay, well. And I think it's a little also like, yes, he was interested, but also it was a little like him just yes-anding. Does that make sense? Like, Well, it sounds like him saying, a, well, maybe. Oh, it's an... That, abs- that's a good uh, improv technique
1: that people should embrace, just kind of not making any decisions on stage.
2: Well, and you know what? As Elaine May used to say, when in doubt, seduce. She always used <laughs> to say that. If you're in a scene and you don't know where it goes, seduce. Go for- uh-huh. And you know what? Maybe that's exactly what he was doing. He's like, I don't really quite know what to do here. So you know what? Let's make out. And then I said, okay. And then he was like, well, and I thought, Okay. <laughs> a nightmare an absolute
1: nightmare we gotta play a game (gasps) what shall we play we're playing don't tell me we're playing Giftmaster I've gone so good at this Annalise I've become a professional it's amazing Um, Liam I need a number between 1 and 10 from you
2: I'm gonna choose seven.
1: Okay, I have to do my light calculating. Okay, uh, right now you can promote, recommend, do whatever you want with the microphone. I'll be right back.
2: Okay, um, listeners of apparently a podcast called "I Said No Gifts," boy was I mistaken about that title. Um, if you have enjoyed even an iota of what you've heard so far, you can follow me across all socials at Liam Garrow. I also have a brand new podcast that maybe Mr. Bridger Weiniger himself. We'll be guesting on, excuse me, excuse me. Um, And so that show is called Tell Me Everything. It's where guests come on, such as Bridger, and they're going to bring on their favorite things from pop culture and just kind of riff about it and tell me why they like it so much. And if you want to keep up to date with that show, you can follow my show's Instagram page at Tell Liam Everything. And if you listen to Tell Me Everything and enjoy it, I would rate and review and subscribe to that pod because God knows it makes a huge difference. Of course. Everyone follow those directions. That was excellent. Thank you. That was you. really, that felt like you had copy in front of you. I, and you want to know something? I didn't. Anyone know how I know I didn't? Because I know already there are a few things I forgot to say, but that's fine. <sighs> Is there something you need to say? Oh, well, just that uh, we have some wonderful <laughs> guests on the show. And um, and by this point, by the time everyone's listened, um, fabulous comedian Grode Farrelly Ooh. will have been on the show. And also, just around the corner, either just around the corner or maybe an episode that has just dropped, um, Paul F. Tompkins and oh, Jamie Ladot Tompkins. Paul. Oh, we love both of them. Adorable. And by the time I think this episode goes wide, I think your episode is like a week away. Oh, my God. Coming like, down anticipation the Anticipation is building. People are freaking out. And I'm not just saying this to say it to you. You were gorgeous to talk to oh bless I you I had so
1: much bless fun you. you
2: were so great
1: I uh well we'll see how uh the wider public feels they well, might burn me down we've had to edit a lot of it out but I mean god bless so now walk me through this game okay gift master this is how we play I'm gonna name three gifts okay and I'm gonna name three celebrities yep you're gonna tell me which gift you can, you'll give which celebrity and why okay that okay. makes perfect sense. Yes, it does. It doesn't need to be repeated. Nope. Okay, these are the three gifts you'll be giving today. Number one, a golden locket. That's okay. a nice little gift. Okay. Number two, singing lessons. That's not a bad gift. Those are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, a good scare. <gasps> so that, you'll be giving them a good scare. Mm. And the celebrities are, number one, Russell Crowe.
2: <laughs> okay.
1: Number two, Barbara Hershey.
2: This is a oh, good list. This Hershey. is a good list.
1: And number three, Haruki Murakami. Are you familiar? Japanese author.
2: That's all you need to know. Okay, great. excellent Japanese author. Okay, I'm gonna get. Can I say I already know? Okay, great. I'm giving the locket to the author because and I'll and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I feel like so much of writing is such like an insular kind of like not always like super appreciated profession. So I, to be able to like give some again to echo your sentiment about having something that's tangible before the grid goes down, like imagine <laughs> gifting someone. A gorgeous little locket and being like, thank you for your work, even though I have no idea who you are.
1: You know, like I <laughs> a think the that- locket is a great it's kind of a, like an elevated candle gift. Yes. It's like, I don't really know anything, but this is beautiful and you can do whatever
2: you want. And also, if someone gave me a locket, I'm like, are we literally in the 1800s and are you about to marry me? Because I will say yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to give a good. Was that a good scare? A good scare. Diva, you know I'm giving that to Barbara Hershey. Because I just, you know, I, I want her to I want her to feel like at this phase of her life she can still be surprised. Because you know, sometimes when we get older, we have the sense of we we again, we know our ritual, we know our, our routine, we have a sense of who we are. But imagine, imagine Barbara Hershey. She thinks she's all just snug and tucked away, living God knows where. Yeah, where doing is Barbara? doing God knows what? Well, I I mean, listen Barbara, reach out. Barbara, we'd love to have you on the pods. And um and so I just think it'd be fun. And I don't want to. I don't want it to be too scary. I don't want her to be like you know. I don't want there to be any sort of you know medical incident.
1: Okay, okay. But
2: I just imagine just me jumping out, of, um, you know, out of a bush maybe, and just going like <laughs> huzzah, and then her going like oh, and then and then I'm like Barbara, it was a gift from Bridger, and then she's like, that Bridger. She's
1: already writing the thank you note. Absolutely, she's <laughs> running to her desk.
2: And here's the thing: if any of us saw Les Misérables, oh I think God, we absolutely know that Russell Crowe. <laughs> just needs that singing lesson cuz here's the thing here's what i appreciate about the vocal i love the attack okay he knows does he does he have the greatest voice no and does that hold him back no and that's actually really powerful <laughs> that he still hops on that mic and gives it his all he doesn't sing with his diaphragm at all it's coming straight from his throat which is in itself so powerful and i think we can agree a choice but like to me i just think like imagine if you took that fervor had the foundation of a the technique. technique, and there it is, technique and skill, and then he could truly be unstoppable. I mean, apparently he's done quite well for himself. This is what I hear, but I still think- I feel like he's on a downhill slide. And imagine- Russell, if, reach out. And imagine if out of nowhere, how about this, as an as like a scenario, because everyone was kind of like shit-talking and singing from Les Miz, right? Imagine if out of nowhere, he did like a Broadway musical and everyone was kind of prepared for him to be like, oh God, this is gonna be good, <laughs> Russell Crowe. But if secretly- he had been taking intense voice lessons for a year, and oh. then he just and then he just emerged on the stage like what our generations uh, fucking Mandy Patinkin. I mean, no one could be Mandy Patinkin, and also Russell diff- might be able to different voice types. Give him types. a chance. Plus, you know who's trying chance. to think? Who was the original guy in Les Mis? Uh, f- he was, and also French Canadian. Oh, interesting fact. Was this, Was it his final role? No, and I want to say he played Valjean. But anyway, but I'm, but a very similar kind of like baritone deep voice type okay. to a Russell Crowe. So imagine if he emerged as him. There are so many theater nerds that are screaming his name at me right now. The, the, oh, of course. I mean, they are going to the boards. They I are. know, I know. But you know what? I can tell that Annalise is doing a fervent Google. Yeah, and it's gonna happen. Trying she's the, her, trying her, the on. Her brow is furrowed. Her glasses are sliding down her nose. She is ready to go. I mean, this would change Russell Crowe's career in the biggest possible way. That's what happens with so many actors. They do, like, once they... Arguably, even though he never had, like, a dip in popularity, but, like, even, like, a Daniel Radcliffe, he got, like... Such a big push mm-hmm. when he did when he showed his wang on stage in Equus, and then when he did How to Succeed in Business, not really trying, and now he's on Broadway again. With he's Marilee making Mural. all the right moves. I feel like he's One, making some very smart career moves. One thousand percent. And also, what I love about him too is like it didn't take him a beat. Not the sec- at all. The, the second J.K. Rowling came out with her transphobic bullshit, oh, Daniel Radcliffe was incredible. Daniel Radcliffe was also like, so that's not right. And I was like, <laughs> thank, thank you, thank you, so easy absolutely it's isn't it so easy to be plugged into your humanity to isn't just f- say things that are true yep and that are <laughs> decent yeah, absolutely um yeah we love him and uh we could love russell uh russell take the lesson take the lesson and we would love to and if you're serious russell i'm gonna say this to you if you're listening and if you're Andy serious is. he is he's left a review if you're serious we're serious and if you really are serious about your commitment to your voice I'm sorry, I'm looping you into this. Bridger and I will co-sign and pay for your voice lessons. <laughs> we will lessons. finance the lessons. We absolutely will. Up to, up to fifty dollars an hour. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, and fifty
1: Canadian dollars 50 also. Fifty Canadian. Yeah. So like, uh, actually, I can't do the math of how that, that would be work up for the plane flight. Um, American dollars. Sixty-five American dollars. I always hate to see that the Canadian price in a book cover. Always hurts my heart. Because you're like, God, it could be that, huh?
2: Yeah. And then here I am, like, with literal, like, dirt on my face paying an American price for a book being like, well, I feel like I'm being robbed blind.
1: <laughs> okay, excellently
2: played. Beautifully played. Thank you. I mean, the pieces, and you don't even know who Haruki is, so, like, you nailed it. Uh, thank you. Uh, listen, I realize it's a game, but also I didn't come here to play. Does that make sense? Like...
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, do you have an answer, Annalise? And it's fine if you don't.
2: I don't know if he was the original one, but I did find a French-Canadian actor named... Oh gosh, am I gonna butcher this? Nope. a little bit. A little, yes, I am. I mean, a little, a little bit. Oh my god, this is Uzi. Marian, M-A-R-I-E-N. No, Ziva, no, girl. Hang on, <laughs> Help Google. Me. Okay, Google. Um, yes. okay, hang on. Hang There's on. also Comb Wilkinson. That's the- there. We go. Comb Wilkinson. Yes,
1: C-O-M-B. C-O-L-M. Oh, Columb.
2: Col-M. think that's the one I was thinking of. Okay. Okay. This- is he French Canadian? Watch, I like totally sent her down the wrong rabbit hole.
0: He's Venezuela.
2: Little, little song while I sing, while I find it.
1: Um, Let's see. Sorry, Colm Wilkinson.
0: This is,
2: we don't need to know. Yes, you do. I actually do. (laughs) Because here's the thing if I was a podcast listener and if I didn't find out if Colm Colm Wilkinson's nationality. Irish. (gasps) Irish. Uh, Wilkinson, of course. Okay, then I'm obviously also thinking of a different actor. Here's the thing, guys. My Uber ride with Michael really threw me for a tizzy. I don't know. I don't know. Left from right, up from down. Irish from Canadian. I mean, I'm obviously just on one. We've got to answer a listener question. Let's do it. This is the final segment of the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's called "I Said No Emails." Oh, people, and did, and, I'm If I may, are people having the audacity to send you an email? They're sending emails. To I said no gifts at gmail.com.
1: I mean, it's it's overloaded with requests and questions and problems. Ludicrous. They're asking me to step into their lives Uh and, you know, correct or answer questions for them. you help me answer a question? Um, Of course. Okay, let's read this. It says, Dear Bridger and Friend. That's me. uh, What would you give to a person who refuses to accept money for their time and talent? And how do you value an act of kindness in order to reciprocate it appropriately? My acupuncture mentor won't accept payment for tutoring lessons and undercharges me for treatments. When anyone asks for acupuncturist or herbalist recommendation, this person is, of course, my number one choice. But it doesn't feel like enough. I could just start supplying her with freshly baked bread and other culinary treats, but again, I feel my debt is far greater than a bit of flour and water. Am I being weirdly capitalist about this? How will I know when I've done enough without giving the impression that I'm asking for more and thus perpetuating the cycle? What would you do in such a situation with sincere gratitude and this person has not left their their name, they just said basic
2: broke Berliner. A German is amongst us. There are two things I want to say. Okay. One, if you're already having a way to send money to this person, just send them the amount that you want to send them. Interesting. So, like, so, for example... But they're trapped in this toxic situation with their mentor. So, first of all, to this broke Berliner, if this is not your situation, I'm sorry, but if you are if you are already paying some stipend to this person, mm-hmm. I'm going to assume there's already some kind point of payment situation that you have set up, right. either through Under an charge. e-transfer or... Right. Yes. So just send them the amount that you want to give them, then. And then just follow up with a note of, like... Uh, let's say let's say they're charging you fifty and you want to give them a hundred. The note that you send with that one hundred dollars that you want to give them is, "I'm not having a conversation about this." But now this is what I have to say. Does that then turn the mentor
1: into an employee? No, I feel like the the cut rate is like, well, we're friends. So the moment we're we're paying uh, market rate. Suddenly we're just in business together. I, I'm- well,
2: I have something that so – the other part of the thing that I was going to suggest is if, the, if this mentor of yours is also going to really be – because here's what you also don't want to do. If someone's going to really assert themselves and saying, like, this is the rate I'm giving you, you're a friend or you're, you know, my protege, blah, 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 blah. You don't want someone to then go through the emotional labor of then having to, like – constantly be like no 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 please no no don't give me that don't give me that so you know what I would do so one of two things either you pay that forward to the next person where you go you know what someone did me the solid and kind of I knew they were undercharging me and they were doing me a solid so I'm going to do that for someone else oh and that's I, very sweet and I'm, gonna, I'm going to pick a person who I think is uh, maybe struggling financially or maybe maybe they're not struggling financially but maybe they have a real kind of like passion for what it is that they're doing and you want to reward that by being like I see the direction you're going in, and so the thing that I would like to gift to you is this thing that someone gifted to me. It's kind of paying it forward. The other thing I would say, if you do have this kind of like pseudo-friend relationship with this mentor, pick up the bill at dinner. (laughs) It's so easy. It's so easy. Easy breezy. Yes. I mean, here's what I'll
1: say. Go ahead. This uh, mentor obviously has some sort of hold on Berliner, Mm. some sort of control. There's a definite power imbalance. Yeah. I said it before, I'll say it again, it's toxic. Okay. It's inescapable. Okay. The Berliner obviously can't say no to discount rates. No. And therefore cannot escape. So what I'm going to say is, this is an opportunity for Berliner to take advantage of someone. Oh. You're already doing it. Okay. So just keep pushing the gas. You don't need to be baking bread, you don't need to be giving gifts. You know, the mentor is getting whatever they want out of this, this mm. little power dynamic. Mm. They're loving it. Okay.
2: That's the gift for them. I just want everyone to know, Bridger's also stroking a small white cat in his lap as he's <laughs> devising this plan. Go ahead. Uh, that's all I have to say. The mentor,
1: any gift would be too much for this person. And it would, they would not like it. They love they love Berliner kind of being in their clutches. That's the payment. You think the mentor is slightly evil. I think completely. This ah. uh, uh, this acupuncturist mentor, I've never heard of one before, but uh, now I know. Mm-hmm. And of course they exist. And I have to now assume they're all manipulators.
2: Well, they in a way kind of are because they're jabbing needles into your body that are making you feel things and That's, helping, uh, and helping the emotions the rise to the surface.
1: True. So they, they have a knowledge, a working knowledge of manipulation.
2: Yes. Yes. Okay. I would say, yeah, Berlin, or, I'm going to say something to you right now. I really appreciate that you want to pay this forward, and you want to do right, and you want to be a good person, and that's all very nice. But do you want to know what's really exhausting? If I was your mentor, is whatever this conversation is. So they don't they don't want to accept it, and Mm -hmm. you've exerted you've extended the offer, they've refused it, and so you just you leave it alone. And again, you then pay forward that, as Bridger would call it, manipulation to someone else. Or you just pick up the tab when you go for dinner and just be like, again, and you kind of just need to be the assertive adult and you kind of just need to say like, I'm actually not having a conversation about this. I'm buying you dinner. That's uh, okay. Sure. Listen, I'm I'm not saying you should, should or shouldn't do Bridger's idea. I'm just saying, <laughs> I'm just saying here's another option. It's always nice to have a, a backup despite how bad
1: it is. Absolutely. You've got to just have something in the closet to cook up when you run out of ingredients. And
2: you know what? To this Berliner, if you really feel like blowing up your life, do what Bridger's suggesting. I think that would be fun and a real a real gas.
1: And the Berliner hasn't revealed their name, so they they have a, a an absolute cloak of secrecy right now. They continue.
2: They do the manipulation. They do the advantage taking of.
1: Yes. Do whatever you want.
2: And in this society, the real power that you have here is staying anonymous, which is what this person has oh, done. Yeah. So, so I mean, so they kudos. have not sold their data to the, to the podcast. No. So God bless. We appreciate that. God bless. We
1: answered it perfectly.
2: Yes, I think we, I would agree. You, you know, we took a
1: two-prong t- two approach, mm-hmm. and now this person's thrilled. Yes. They better not write back.
2: And to, and also, as a general note for other listeners, maybe stop writing in emails. Pritchard <laughs> doesn't want these I clearly emails. I don't
1: want another email.
2: Absolutely not. I am I, hanging by a thread. Here I am with egg on my face, bringing a gift like a Frickin' moron, because I got the name of the podcast wrong. I'm sick to my stomach. I mean, I, I commented, Bridger, you, before on how great you look now. You're an ashen color. The blood has <laughs> fallen out of your face. I mean, you I are bled out
1: several times during the podcast. You've and, had to revive me.
2: And, and you're not going to hear that on the final product listeners. Why? Because we had to edit those pauses out. But it absolutely <laughs> happened, and we have the medical bills to prove it, because it cost $500 this in costs this country. It as much as uh, to an ambulance. Tusk. Yes, yes, yes. It cost- Even more now. This is my personal Tusk. It is. This is your storms, and I think
1: we can all agree. (laughs) Liam, I've had such a wonderful time with you. I'm so glad you could make it all the way from Vancouver.
2: This, I have to say, it was an absolute joy being on the show. It was lovely being able to meet you and on a and being able to, like, actually see you in person and do the show. It means a lot that you would make time for me, so thank you. Of course, of course. It's the least I can do. It's the absolute least. Listen, the least would have been honestly nothing, so this is actually incredible. (laughs) Thank you for being here, and thank you for this beautiful album. Oh, well, your thank you, even though I inadvertently disobeyed you, I hope you enjoy it. When, okay. If and when you should ever get a record. It's going to be, it's gonna be uh, sitting somewhere looking tasteful. Collecting dust, Can't Collecting wait. dust. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. No, absolutely not. Thank you again. Thank you. Listener, the podcast is over. You've got to do something else. Maybe you could listen to Tusk. Maybe you could sit in the quiet and just think about everything you've heard process you know just think critically about the podcast today and the layers etc do whatever you want i'll be back again soon i love you goodbye i said no gifts is an exactly right production it's produced by our dear friend Annalise nelson and it's beautifully mixed by ben tolliday and we couldn't do it without our guest booker patrick Kotner. The theme song, of course, could only come from miracle worker Amy Mann. You must follow the show on Instagram at I Said No Gifts. I don't want to hear any excuses. That's where you get to see pictures of all these gorgeous gifts I'm getting. And don't you want to see pictures of the
0: gifts? When I invited you here I thought I made myself perfectly clear When you're a guest in my home is enough, and I already had too much stuff. So, how did you dare to disobey me?
1: Follow I Said No Gifts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify